You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for some scolding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Misutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. All right, back for segment two of Inside Purple and Gold, Odyssey's new Minnesota Vikings podcast. Uh, please like, follow, subscribe to this as we will be coming to you multiple times each week, including again after the Vikings preseason game Saturday. That'll probably come out Sunday, um, potentially Monday morning. Dane, I want to touch on a few more things from the joint practice. Just a couple quick hits here. First off, how about the conversations that were had kind of comparing by himself, Trent Williams with Christian Derrissaw, do you see any type of comparison there? Because frankly, that would be Christian Derrissaw's like through the roof ceiling, like his moonshot. Um, because Trent Williams, when you talk about him, that is like the Aaron Donald of offensive lines. That is um, one of the best players in the NFL. And I think it's very encouraging for Vikings fans to hear, you know, Williams say like, hey, I see some of him and me. And like, yeah, I remember my first couple of years, you're just constantly learning. Um, and he seemed to almost take him under his wing as much as you can in a joint practice. But totally, what do you think about that kind of comparison? And I I mean, it's it's like the dream for Vikings fans and Christian Derrissaw himself. But is there any validity to it in your mind? I think it's a little ridiculous right now. Like sure. maybe in 10 years, we're thinking like, wow, Christian Derrissaw is a surefire Hall of Famer. But right now, he hasn't really shown us much. He didn't play a ton last year. And in some of his reps, he looked good. He's capable of, like, we, we see his strength. We see what he's capable of doing in snapshot moments. And, and that showed itself in, in game film last year when he when he got on the field. But then you see, like, him trying to block Nick Bosa in practice yesterday. And I know Nick Bosa might be the best pass rusher in the league from the edge. I think Aaron Donald's probably the best pass rusher in the league. Just from anywhere, from anywhere, <laughs> but Nick Bosa might be the best edge rusher. But when Christian Derrissaw was against him last yesterday in, in practice, and I guess Wednesday and Thursday, both of the joint practices, he had a lot of trouble. And this is, there's a clip going around on social media of Nick Bosa in three straight reps, just absolutely destroying Christian Derrissaw, right. absolutely destroying the Vikings offense. And I think, those social media clips kind of circulate and they're a little unfair because th- that looks good, but like we don't clip when like Christian Derrissaw just has a good block and, and, and cleans the plat that keeps the pocket clean. And you just clip when he gets destroyed. So it's kind of hard for an offensive line. I think for Jordan sure Davis fans, with, the, yeah. with the Eagles made this point, like that he he's the freak from Georgia. Who's like, you know, I think a lot of people wanted the Vikings to draft Jordan Davis in, in, in the NFL draft but there's a clip of him just destroying his teammate and he's, he's asked about it after. And he goes, well, like it kind of makes me feel bad because like, they don't show like, there's no clips of when he destroyed me. And he's done that a couple times in practice this year. And it's the same thing. Um, getting back to your original question, because I kind of took a tangent there is Christian dare Trent Williams. Like I highly doubt it. Like you said, Trent Williams is one of the best left tackles of all time. Maybe one percent chance any like yeah. a first round offensive tackle gets to that level of player, but uh, there maybe are elements to his game that remind people of Trent Williams. Like maybe it's like the buckets that we talked about in 
you know, about with quarterbacks and like, you have to have certain things in each bucket. Like maybe Christian Darisaw has certain things that line up with Trent Williams and, and what he does well. Uh, but he doesn't have the encompassing skill set that Trent Williams has. I don't think so, at least. One thing I thought was interesting, and, and you you touched on it, like Trent Williams said, like Christian Darisaw reminds me a lot of himself. I think he has a vested interest in this guy succeeding in the NFL. And, you know, they have a relationship that dates back to this offseason they met. Um, but watching them even after joint practices, I think it's a cool thing about joint practices is – Christian Darrison and, and Trent Williams by nature are on different fields for two hours. Right. But after practice, Christian Darrison went up to Trent Williams and they talked for like 15, 20 minutes, like solidly. Was it all about scheme and here's what you do when, when in pass block and here's what you do in run block? Probably. I hope not. so. They're football guys. <laughs> like they probably were talking about their lives, but also like you could see like between like the hand gestures and, and this and that, like he was getting, some sort of coaching, some sort of like, this is what you do in this situation. And I thought that was cool. Um, I think those things are cool to see in, in real time. Um, but no, like, I think at the end of the day, like, it's a little ridiculous to say Christian Darisaw is going to be Trent Williams. Yeah. And I, you're just right, though. Like, as far as a young, talented tackle trying to develop, if you can have a guy like Trist, like Trent Williams in your corner, um, giving right. you advice who you can text or call or whatever on a given week, maybe if you're struggling with something, you're trying to work through something, um, you're like, hey, what are you seeing that I'm doing here? Can you check this out quick? And then maybe somebody who's willing to work with you a little bit in the offseason, like that is a big boon for you um, to be able to aid in your development to learn from literally one of the best tackles ever. Um, that's that's huge for Christian Darisaw. It's only a plus in his column. So that's, I think, encouraging from the Vikings perspective, because the more anything that Christian Darisaw can glean from Trent Williams is going to be a massive positive. And Minnesota needs him. Christian Darisaw, they drafted him, frankly, to be like the anchor of their offensive line mm -hmm. in the way that Trent Williams has been that for the teams in which he's been on for years, frankly, and, and still will here for the next few years. And it's why San Francisco's offensive line holds up. Um, it's, it's a big part of what they do is that they added Trent Williams to the mix. Uh, one more thing I wanted to get to, uh, it's not something we have to talk about a ton, but I just thought it was cool and should be recognized that the Vikings doing what they did with Marshall's high school's football team and busing them all out there for that practice on Thursday so that they could watch Marshall alum Trey Lance, uh, I thought that was really cool. Trey Lance isn't going to play in the preseason game. Nobody can watch him perform there. He'll be there. Uh, but joint practice was the time to see Trey Lance. And the Vikings went out of their way to say, hey, like his alums, high school football team, like his alma maters, it will get them here um, so they can all watch. And Trey Lance did a ton of like, you know, autographs, pictures with all of them, pictures with the entire team. Like I thought it was pretty cool on the Vikings part, good community relations to take that step to do that and say, hey, here's a local Minnesota guy, prominent figure. We're going to make sure that his local community and, and that football team uh, gets a chance to see one of their own. Right. And I think, yeah, totally. And it was interesting talking to a couple of people within like the Vikings, I guess, front office, the area of the front office that plans this type of stuff. Sure. Like we didn't know the joint practice schedule, like, until very, very recently. So the fact that they were able to kind of put this thing together, like on the fly was very impressive. They, they, they reached out to them in the past week and Marshall booked their buses. The Vikings offered to basically pay their, the, the transportation fees and in a way they went and they got on the, they got on the bus at six 30. I think the funniest part about Marshall is they get to this practice at nine 30 
and they enjoy like all the spectacle that it is. And then at the end of it, Terry Ballman, the head coach for the Marsh football team is like, well, we, we can't miss a practice day. We're in the middle of two days. So they actually got Egan high school to donate their practice field so that Marshall could enjoy this moment with Trey Lance, but then also go practice afterwards. Like it doesn't get more football guy than that. And I was giving uh, coach Terry Ballman kind of a hard time about it. I would think one day you could do one, but you know, Hey, and if you're trying to win a state championship, every practice matters. No question about it. Um, it's, it's cool. And I just thought it like all the things coming together kind of shows the Minnesota football community, uh, which is awesome. I, kind of looking ahead to this preseason game because it is, you know, the second of three and we should touch on it a little bit here. What I wanted to know is, I guess, what do you think are the things that the Vikings who are a team who is committed to winning this year? I mean, the chips are on the table for this year, even in year one of a new regime, you have Kirk cousins, you've got some aging players um, and clearly ownership says like, we want to compete. What are some things that maybe you're a little bit concerned about or think that they should be concerned about or watching closely? And, hey, if these things don't improve, maybe Minnesota should address them between now and the start of the regular season. Uh, I've got a couple. I guess number one is one that's on everybody's list is the backup quarterback position uh, between Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion. I've seen some reports that Kellen Mond you know, looked a little bit looked solid this week in joint practices. Maybe you can speak to that, what you saw on Wednesday from him. But just in general, uh, what like how do you feel about that position right now and do you think if you know if we go into to saturday here and nobody does anything and manning and mon struggle like maybe is that a sign that that this should be addressed and they should be looking elsewhere i think i, I still subscribe to the thought that the backup quarterback isn't necessarily on the roster yet and i know some people will say like well they better get here soon because they got to learn the offense and it's like yeah, kind of. Really. But, but if like, Kirk Cousins gets hurt week one, they have to do that. Correct. Right. Like, we were actually talking to Wes Phillips, the Vikings offensive coordinator, but what you look for in a backup quarterback. And he said, someone who makes the, the starter better and can support them in the room, and someone that can play with limited reps. Like, someone who doesn't need a ton of reps to be ready to go step into the game, which speaks to the idea that, like, no, they don't really need to know the offense or, like, have like this great grasp of it. Like obviously they, that that's the want, but if they bring in an established veteran backup, which if you were bringing someone in to take over for Sean Mannion or Kellen Mond, like they're going to be someone who's probably been a backup quarterback in the league. Who's familiar with that role. And one can probably learn on the fly and two can probably play and freelance a little bit if, if he has to play. Um, Yeah. The Vikings have goals of being competitive and I think part of that is insulating yourself if the quarterback gets hurt, if your starting quarterback gets hurt. And I, that's I mean, not necessarily like like if quarter, if Kirk Cousins blows out his knee, the season's over. Like it's yeah, for it sure. Matter. It's it's all about you know if he has to miss a game for not necessarily COVID, but okay, but COVID is an example of something that you sure. miss a game for, or maybe like a, a high ankle sprain, which for a quarterback might mean you're missing two or three games, and you're coming right. back not as mobile, but you can get back on the field. It's just like, can you miss three games and win one of them? Um, you know, right. because right now I don't know if they have a quarterback where that's the case. Uh, or do does Kirk Cousins missing three or four games mean you're out because you're digging an 0 3 and 0 4 hole? That's ideally not the case, right? It shouldn't mean that, like, you shouldn't have your backup quarterback be like, well, hopefully everything goes right because we sure don't feel like they can win the game, and I think. That's what you have right now in Sean Mannion 
in Kellen Mond. Sean Mannion, great study partner. That doesn't mean you're a good quarterback in the NFL. Like there's a reason he's he's 0-3 in his starts, and there's a reason he's only gotten three starts. Same with Kellen Mond. Like, could he develop into something down the road? Maybe, but I don't know if you want to rest your laurels on the fact that like, well, we want to be really competitive this year. Hopefully Kellen Mond is ready to take that jump. And, and cause there's nothing has shown that he's ready to take that jump. He was impressive against the Raiders against the Raiders twos and the Raiders threes. That doesn't mean that if he's thrust into a, the spotlight, if Kirk cousins goes down for a week, two weeks, three weeks, that Kellen Mond's going to succeed. Um, I get that someone needs opportunity to prove that they can actually do something, but it's too delicate of an operation in my opinion to see if Kellen Mond is a player when you only get 17 cracks at this thing. So if Kirk Cousins goes down for two or three games and you just concede those games, you, you go 0 and 2, 0 and 3, you're putting yourself in a huge bind. So I, I going back to your original question, like, yes, I think the Vikings need to address their backup quarterback position. And I think another thing they should consider addressing, they, they haven't, but if, it looks bad in week two and week three, whatever we want to make this, this timeline or this deadline. If, if Garrett Bradbury still stinks in week two or three, like you have to go get it another center because the offensive line is one of the things on this team this year that can ruin everything. Like Justin Jefferson could establish himself as the best receiver in the league this year. He can't do that. If Kirk cousins can't throw him the ball and he Kirk cousins can't throw the ball if Garrett Bradbury is getting bull rushed and getting put on his butt every single play. Yeah. And you looked at the only other competition for the position is Chris Reed, um, who he has, has a hurt elbow. Like he, he has, has a hurt snap. elbow. He's missed some practices and like the guy does has, doesn't start at center. I mean, hasn't done that <laughs> in the regular season <laughs> like, ever in his career. Like he's a guard. They're basically like, well, Garrett Bradbury stinks. Let's see if we have something else better here. And they can't even see that because Chris Reed is out right now. And we'll see if he's going to play on Saturday. Um, I think he's hopeful he's going to be back at minimum for practice next week, but still like that's behind the eight ball as well. You already have likely Ed Ingram starting at guard, right? And there's a question mark there. Even if he's looked good in the camp, how is that going to look when the regular season hits and you're going up against a bunch of ones and some really top notch interior pass rushers. So you're going to put him next to Garrett Bradbury. Um, I, I think the Vikings are pretty well set at tackle, even with, you know, like we're not exactly sure what we're going to get out of Christian Darisaw this year, but Guard, center, interior pass rush, that's the thing that really blows up the play. That's even like Kirk Cousins or anybody else doesn't really have much of a chance of succeeding in those types of instances. Like forget a quarterback without mobility. That's everybody um, who really like when the interior pass rush blows up plays. There's no way around it. So you have to have a solution there. I don't think you can go in with multiple question marks in the middle and to say, hey, we're a team that's trying to win at a high level I'm not and win a division. I'm trying to beat Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. In week one, we're going to try to be better than Green Bay, who's got a very good defense, and we're going to do it with with a very, very shaky interior offensive line. Like, you have to find a solution out there. People always point to J.C. Treader as, like, the best center option available. Try try something. Uh, you know, I know, like, it's it's worth maybe paying up for it if you think that you are a team that can compete for big things, which all of their roster moves suggest that that's where they think they are. And I think the same thing's true with backup quarterback, and you watch, like, 
you know, you say like, hey, there are only so many good backups out there, but like the Jets have three guys in Joe Flacco, Mike White. I know they would probably wouldn't move anybody now with Zach Wilson on the men, maybe for the first couple weeks of the regular season. But that's a team that went three deep. Um, the Steelers right now have three options with Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph. Like Panthers teams- too, with P.J. Walker's like their fourth string quarterback there. Yeah, exactly. Right. And like there's a guy who would give you a much better chance of winning a game. Um, and like we just saw with the Raiders, they're Nick Mullins. Like that's a guy who's won NFL games before there are, and he's their third string quarterback. Like there are options out there. Minnesota center may be a little bit more difficult, but I think you have to explore all options. If you continue to see, and we see on Saturday that Garrett Bradbury just can't hold up against maybe even some second stringers. Um, it's it's definitely a, a couple things. Those are what I'm most closely watching. Yeah, there are the guys who looked good in in game one, um, and maybe will look good here and are fighting for fifty second, fifty third spots. And we'll touch on those guys, I think, more as we recap Saturday's game. But heading into it, the first quarter, those are the types of things I'm looking for.